Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we gather to hear your word read and proclaimed, I pray, O Lord, that we would hear clearly the joy of what has happened in Bethlehem for us. That we would hear clearly the joy of your love for us. That we would know of the hope that comes with the Christ child and the peace that his birth brings. But during this hour, O Lord, as we hear your word read and proclaimed, as we sing your praises, as we lift our petitions. Let us hear clearly what you would have us hear, but transform us into the people you would have us be so that we would leave this place not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So those of you who know me well know that by now that I like a good movie quote. I like a good quote from movies that sort of sometimes captures life for us. So today's quote comes from that classic movie, Caddyshack. <laughs> now before you wonder exactly which one is it, let me set the stage for you. You've got Carl, the enigmatic groundskeeper, you know, I'm sorry, the assistant groundskeeper, let's be clear really kind of rough around the edges, probably not the Bushwood Country Club type, but nonetheless, their man on the ground. And so he's there, he's in the caddy shack talking to the caddies. He's holding court, if you will, telling them about his life in the golf industry and how once he had caddied for even the Dalai Lama and how after this great round of golf, the Dalai Lama was gonna walk off and stiff him for the expected caddy tip. And so he looks at me and says, and so I said to the llama, I says, llama, a little bit something for the effort, right? And the llama says to him, on your deathbed, you will have total consciousness. So as he's sharing the story, then he looks at the caddies, he goes, so I got that going for me. And I've thought about that line, so I've got that going for me. So as you look at everything else in Carl's life, I mean, Carl hasn't got a whole lot going on, but in his heart, he's got that thing going for him. 
And I've thought about those lines. I've got that going for me. And I began to think about this. It says nothing else in his existence matters because he's got that one thing. Well, we've got one thing going for us too. We have got one thing going for us in our lives. And that's what Paul was talking to the early church in Philippi about. He was writing to them. He realized that they were following Jesus. And he says to him, he says, rejoice always. Rejoice because God is near. Don't worry about the things because God is near. Go to the Lord in prayer. Rejoice always. And this is the part I love. God's peace, God's greatest gift in Christ is near and that will protect you. You see, what he realizes is that ever since the starting of the early church, early Christians have been told that God was coming again soon, that Jesus was coming back any day now. And so the church at Philippi had taken this to heart. They'd almost bought that bumper sticker that says, God is coming, look busy. They'd gotten it, really? God is coming, look busy. Well, they'd gotten that one. And so he was sitting there going, wait a minute. It's not about just looking busy. Take heed in your heart, own it that Christ is coming again. But most importantly, Christ is coming, but Christ loves you. God loves you deep in your heart. And that's the most important thing. Guess what? He said this to Philippi, but he says it to us today. God loves you. We've got that going for us. That's what's most important. We've got God's love going for us because Christ hears our prayers. Christ gives us peace. Christ is a living embodiment of God's love for all of creation. Paul is telling the Philippians to face life with the confidence of that knowledge, with the confidence of the knowledge that Christ's love is for you and for me and it's come to us. And so here in this Advent season, we... Christ people, we the children of God, we've got to understand and hold in our hearts what this love means. We've got to hold in our hearts and understand that when we receive it, we're receiving the greatest gift ever because God's love is unconditional. God's love is an encouraging love. God's love is transformational. And we've got that going for us unconditional, constantly encouraging, and always transformational. And we've got that going for us. Karen stood there on the front steps of her home, outside in the cold as the evening was coming on board. And as she was standing there just at the door, she tried to remember. She tried to remember what were the words that were said that created the rift in her family. What was it that sent her out the door and far, far away from them? It had been so long she had forgotten what they were, but she just knew that they were painful words. And over time, brick by brick, a wall was built, higher and thicker. A wall that separated her from those that she loved, separated her so much that life had not turned out the way she wanted it to. And she was cut off. And she stood there on the steps wondering, just wondering, could she come home again? Her finger trembling right over the doorbell. Wondering that if she pushed that button, would they come to the door? Would they open it and let her in? Or would they just leave the door shut in her face? She wondered what would happen if she dared push that button 
And somewhere in the depth of her soul, she remembered her parents telling her that they would love her no matter what. They would love her unconditionally, that they would always love her. And her finger trembled. Would she push the button? Would she test the theory? Somewhere in the midst of her pondering, she pushed the button, the door opened, and she found herself coming into the home. In the warm embrace of her parents with tears down everyone's face, she knew in her heart that the road to mending those fences wasn't going to be short, that it was going to take time, but she knew at that moment in time that the love would be their guide, that God's love would be their guide in rebuilding that relationship. See, my brothers and sisters, Christmas is a time when we can come home. Christmas is a time when we can come home when whatever has separated us from God, whatever's kept us standing out on the porch in the streets, that we can come in the doors and come back into the church and that we can come home to God. But not just here physically in this place, not just in our relationships, but we can come home in our relationships with each other. Those things that have separated us, that have caused distance between us, they can melt away because God's love is so much more powerful than any wall that we can build. If we just have the desire to dismantle it, to tear it down, then God's love will prevail. Because the birth of Christ is a sign of God's unconditional love for all of creation, and especially for you and for me and for the world around us. His son was diagnosed with leukemia, and the father just upset. Young son, not sure what to do, realizing that his elementary age child would soon lose his hair because of the treatments. Didn't want him to stand out, and so the father did what all fathers do, anything in his power to hold on, and so he shaved his head so that his son wouldn't stand out so much so in the family. Shaved his head to let his son know that I care about you and I'm supporting you through this. What a terrible time, what a terrible tragedy visit upon a child. But it doesn't stop there. You see the guys at the father's work, the guys on his team, they saw what was happening and they wanted, they wanted their co-worker, their brother in arms, if you will, to know how much they cared. They wanted his son to know how much they cared for him. They too shaved their heads. Oh, but it didn't stop there. You see, the former president that they were supposed to protect, the one that they were supposed to surround with their lives and give their lives for, he heard about this story. He saw what his team had done, what his detail had done, and he said, shave my head too. And so maybe you saw the picture just a few weeks ago. The Secret Service put it back up on their website. George H.W. Bush, surrounded by his detail, all with their heads shaved, including the president and his agent's son, all in a group picture. Now, sure, shaving his head, he couldn't make the disease, couldn't go away, he couldn't make the treatments be any easier, but he wanted the world to know, especially that young man and his father and his agents. He wanted them to know, I care and I love you and I love you enough to support you even to shave my own head in solidarity with you. See, the birth of Christ is God's sign that he wanted to come in human form and say, I want you to know you are my children and I am sending my son in human form to face what you face, to face 
the emotions, the feelings, the fears, the doubts, the concerns, so that you know that I fully understand what each of you is dealing with. See, when he did that, that was a sign of God's love, a sign of God's loving support that said, you matter to me, and I want to encourage you to know that. I want to encourage you so that you know that I love you that much. And see, he's done this for each and every one of us, and we have that going for us. But in addition to being unconditional, in addition to being encouraging, God's love is also transformational. It brings out the best in us and it brings out the best in the world around us. She was driving down a road, she hit an icy patch, her car spun and then slid off into the mud and the snow and into the ditch. Sitting there stranded on a highway in a rural part of America, she wasn't sure if anyone was gonna come along. She couldn't get cell signal. And along the way, she was trying to figure out, how am I ever going to complete all my errands in my day and my trip? This was not what I had planned. And just as she uttered those words, down the highway came a ramshackle pickup truck. It pulled up to a stop right beside her car, and the guy hopped out, his muddy, greasy hands. He wiped them on his coveralls, and he said, my name's Brian. Do you mind if I try to pull your car out of the ditch? He said, I can call a tow truck for you, but it might be a couple hours before it gets here. And I figure you probably want to get on your way. And she said, well, if you don't mind. And with that, he grabbed the chain out of the back of his truck, slid down into the mud up under her car, wrapped it around the tow chain. And with the, without any effort, his truck pulled her car right out of the ditch and back up on the road. As he was unhooking the chain and putting it back in the truck, again, wiping his hands from the mud and the grease, she said, can I pay you? And he says, oh, no, 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 no. This is what we do around here. This is what we do, how we care for each other. She said, but sure, seriously, can I do something for you? And here's what he said. Well, the next time you see somebody in need, when their life is in a ditch, if you will, just do something nice for them, and that's how you can repay me. And with that, he got in his pickup truck, and he zoomed on off, resuming his farm chores for the day. She couldn't believe the kindness this young man had had, and she rode into the next town. She stopped for lunch. She stopped at just one of those little diners that happens in small towns, and as she was waiting on her food, she saw her waitress. She really had a chance to examine her, sort of people watch, if you will. And in that, she saw the woman was eight, almost nine months pregnant, just tired, just exhausted, tired of being on her feet all day, tired of waiting on tables and everything. And as the meal came and went, the waitress brought back that little black folder that has the bill in it. It was $10. The woman opened up her purse, and then she saw immediately what she would do. She took a $100 bill out, she put it in the black folder, she shut the folder, made sure the waitress was distracted with the ketchup bottles, and with that, out the door she went. Got in her car and zoomed off just so she wouldn't get caught. The waitress turned around and realized that her customer was gone and hoped that she didn't need too much change. She opened up the folder and realized the woman had paid for a $10 meal with a $100 bill. 
Assuming the woman had made some sort of slight mistake, not really paying too close of attention, thinking that she grabbed a 10 rather than a 100, she went for the door only to see that the car was already out of the parking lot. And taking that $90 tip as a sign that she was supposed to have it, she let out a deep sigh. The things that she had been worried about as the coming birth of her child was soon to be there. She worried about how they were going to make ends meet, her husband working that farm job, her working here in the diner, knowing that she wouldn't be able to work as much. How are they going to make ends meet, buy baby food and diapers and all that stuff? She pocketed the $90, pleased with this tip, thinking this is going to make the difference. She pulled into their home. She walked in the front door. Her husband called out to her and said, how was your day today? And she said, Brian, you won't believe what happened. She told the story. Little did either one of them know that the goodness of one deed had repaid itself with another. See, God's love is like that. God's love brings out the best in you and me. It causes us to want to do our best, not only for the here and now, but for the future as well. And so as we think about that, as we think about the, what the birth of Christ means for our world, talking about how it brings out the best in us, it reminds us of this very important lesson. That God's love is for all the world, and we've got that going for us. God's love is for all the world, and we've got that going for us. It's unconditional, reminding us that we can always come home, no matter what has happened, no matter what has separated us from each other, or more importantly, from God, that we can come in the doors of this church and in this place. We can be healed and restored, and God will welcome us in with open arms. That God's love is supportive, that in His abiding grace and love, that we can be lifted up in our hour of greatest need, and that God says, I understand where you're coming from more than you ever know because I created you. I sent my son to walk amongst you and I know your love because you are my blessed children. And then finally, God's love is transformative. It changes the world around us. It brings out the best and encourages us to take not only what changes happen in our hearts in this place, but to go out into the world and to make changes for the world around us. So when I think of the words of our text this morning, rejoice for God is near. You and I should rejoice because God is in this place. It's right around us. It's in the people that we sit next to. It's in the people in front of us and behind us. It's in the very worship service of this place. God is so near to us. And maybe you know in your heart, you know that you need that love, that unconditional love, or that supportive love, or the love that will change your life. You know that you need it and you found it in this place. Or maybe you know of others who need it in their lives. What if they found it here, this Advent? What if they found it here this Christmas and in the year to come? If they came in here and they found that they could walk in the door, that they didn't need to tremble of whether the door would open for them. What if they walked in and they found that when they needed someone to lift them up in their hour of greatest need, that this was the place that could do that? I don't know what if they needed their lives changed 
and their worldview changed? What if they found that here? Isn't that what God wants for us? Isn't that what God wants for the world? To rejoice, for God is near. God's love is in every one of us. And guess what? We've got that going just for us and all the world. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.